0: Hi there you're listening to the render podcast a business podcast for creatives i'm cam and i'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business i've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes i've made along the way i hope you leave here refreshed engaged and ready to take on your company making the next right decision Hello, there, listeners. Welcome to the Render Podcast. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Kelly Simons, on the podcast. Her way of doing business is super awesome. And um, we met, gosh, probably ten years ago or so, when I got married, and she was the wedding planner for my business, and since then has been an educator. For small businesses and I'm excited to have her on the show today. So Kelly, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about you? And we're going to be talking today um, about some subjects that you're super passionate about. And so we'd love for you to tell our listeners what those are and why you're passionate about it and who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's an honor to be here with you, Cammie. And I am so passionate, like you said, about educating small business owners. And a little bit about me is that I started my journey being an entrepreneur, gosh, in 2007, to be exact. And I went out on my own. I had been in human resources. I was working for Starbucks at the time as a director of human resources. And You know i was just always itching to be an entrepreneur and at that point i was able to take a risk and start my own event planning business called sweet pea events and um, i started it in seattle and then we moved to dallas and um, i was able to start a separate branch of our business here while also maintaining our seattle office And I just loved it. I I was thriving. I was um, so passionate about event planning. And then I had an opportunity to work with Michelle Loretta of Sage Wedding Pros to help educate small businesses around the country. And we came up with a program called The Simple Plan, and it was educating entrepreneurs on how to create business strategies and business plans. And all the meanwhile, I was implementing human resource strategies with small businesses in the industry as well. So fast forward to now, I'm back actually in the HR profession. Um, I have recently been a vice president of HR for a nonprofit locally here called the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, And then... Uh, after that short stint, I was able to go back into being an entrepreneur in a different capacity, and now I'm an HR consultant working with small businesses and individuals to help them with career counseling services, things like writing resumes and cover letters, LinkedIn profiles, things like that. So that's kind of the long story short of my journey from being an entrepreneur from the event business side of things to now on the HR side of things.
0: I remember actually taking your, I don't know if it was a weekend or a weekday or something, but the Simple Plane. And I had come. I was living in Phoenix at the time and moved yeah. or came to Dallas for that. And it was just, it was so incredible. And you and Michelle just mm-hmm. have a gift for right. talking to small business owners like um, we are normal people and not um, using mm-hmm. all the legal jargon and words that we might not understand. Yeah. So that was incredible. Yeah. It truly was a simple plan for business, and so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's something that I think, um, you know, every business owner obviously still needs to focus on. And um, you're right, it is, it's something that in the event profession, especially with creatives, everybody's so great at the creative side of things and struggle a little bit with the business side, which is totally normal, since that's something that you're not usually going into business to, you know, focus on a business strategy, but rather, um, your passion of of events and the creative
0: side. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, in there you were talking in the simple plan, you were talking about some of the failures that you guys have gone through as business owners. And I thought that was so Uh real and so raw of something to share that not everyone is super proud to share. I mean, there's many people that I'm sure are listening that maybe have tried something in the past and it didn't work out the way that they wanted to or didn't take off like they wanted to. And so they pivoted and made a new Uh, plan for what they were wanting Mm -hmm. to do. And so I think that was super important. And I know that we talked about today, we're going to talk a little bit about failures and picking yourself back up and and going forth. And and so I'd love to maybe have you share about Mm -hmm. something that maybe you've gone through or, um, you know, open it up. Yeah, yeah.
1: Gosh, I have. It's funny because uh, I I was sharing with you earlier, I have so many examples of failures that that I'm like, oh my gosh, we could spend hours talking through all the failures. And I love that because a lot of people don't talk about it um, for a lot of reasons. You know, There's humility that has to come with that. And it's hard to talk about the things that you've sucked at, (laughs) quite honestly. Um, But there's so much that I've learned from my own mistakes and from falling really hard on my face. And then you pick yourself back up, like you said, and you persevere. So um, I think the first example I'll share um, out of the several that I would love to talk about is, and I think you guys can (laughs) resonate resonate with this on the call um, when you're listening in. I had this awesome idea called Planning for Dudes, and it was a business that was all focused around proposal planning for guys. Because this was at the time when I had Sweet Pea Events as the wedding planning business, and we were seeing just some proposals that were not stellar, if you know what I mean. They
0: were not very, yeah,
1: not very thoughtful in our opinion. And you could tell that our clients, you know, when they talked about how they were proposed to, just didn't have that same enthusiasm that others did. Um, and so we really wanted to create that experience for you know, the couple that we would be able to help the dude. So we called it Planning for Dudes. We had a major launch party. Um, I hired a copywriter who was a guy that wrote the perfect um, text and content for our website that was speaking to dudes. I mean, it was great. Everything on paper, on the um, social side of things um, online, everything was well thought out and well prepared. We had this huge launch party. It was amazing. We had, um, you know, it fully catered and all sorts of games and, um, you know, all, all of the industry in Dallas here that we were connected with joined us, rallied around us. Well, all this to say, awesome concept, awesome branding, awesome everything. Um, you know, we, I did everything I could think of to have thoughtfully prepared for this launch. And then you launch it and it's crickets. <laughs> and. Um, You know, here you think in your head, you're going to have like thousands of emails pouring in and you're going to be maybe on the news. You know, you you create this um, idea of what it's supposed to look like when you launch this really exciting new brand. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what did we do wrong? Like nothing, no inquiries, no nothing came from this launch. And honestly, I was super bummed out because... First of all, we spent so much time and energy and you know, financial resources investing in this company, this brand. It was kind of like a brother company, we were calling it to the event planning business. And I had all these people that had told us ahead of time, You know, I had sought counsel from a lot of really wise friends who were in the industry who said, yes, this is an amazing idea. You're going to blow it out of the water, right? So I think everybody had hyped me up with myself being super confident, <laughs> which was great. But then you have the crickets, like I said. And so that was really, really hard to sit in that silence of failure.
0: Well, that paired with, I feel like you are so passionate about what you're trying to build. Right. And then you get the affirmation from other people saying, yeah, that's a great concept. I'm so excited about it. I'll share it with everybody. And then nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: Oh gosh. I mean, even just thinking back now, my heart sinks because, um, you put something out there in the world, right. That's published that people see tons of, you know, pictures of, and, um, you, you claim your stake in the ground and that's what we did. And then to have silence, um, just was a real shock to the system. And so, I spent probably a good 3 to 6 months after that trying to every which way to figure out what did how we, how did we need to pivot what what types of avenues did we need to pursue and so Megan Cody who now owns Sweet Pea Events she took over the business for me when I went back to HR a couple of years ago she and I hit the pavement and we went to talk radio shows and delivered gifts. And we went to jewelers and I mean, you name it. If you could think of a place that made sense for us to hit up that had some sort of, you know, in with dudes, we were there and we continued to just persevere and try. And you know what, at the end of the day, six months later, nine months later, one year later, we had done, I believe two proposals, right? Maybe three. Um, and they while those 3 were amazing that's you guys i mean that's not enough to sustain a brand and a business and to really keep investing in it so i think you know the moral of this story is that you can pour your heart and soul and money into a brand that everybody and their mom literally thinks is genius and then it doesn't take off and that's okay and i still don't truly know why and that's okay too because i thought i had a great concept and the market wasn't ready. I think the price point, it's tough, right? When they've spent money on a ring and then there's not, it's like, you know, the crumbs are left over sometimes after after the money's been spent at the jeweler. And so, um, yeah, we just, we decided to kind of just roll it into, chalk it up as something that was a great project to try. And that was that, you know, we learned from it and we had to suck it up and move on and say, well, (laughs) that was fun and all, but we really, we missed the mark and
0: that's okay. Right. I feel like some of it has to do with, you know, it's okay if it doesn't happen and you know that you did everything you can to make it right. And the market's not ready for it. The market's not ready for it. And that's okay. And that's, that's so okay. I mean, I've seen, So many other rental companies that will launch a um, home decor brand. Mm -hmm. In fact, we did. I mean, we launched a. um, Our company is Beautiful Event Uh Rentals, and so we launched a company called Beautiful Home Furnishings. And we did it for gosh, Mm -hmm. maybe six months, and we went to market and we bought it and we bought the domain and we did a website and and all of this stuff, and then Mm -hmm. it just didn't work. I had people buy some things and then we ended up renting some of the pieces and and it just we had to dissipate it a little bit and close that down and it's funny I still get calls uh, Mm. to this day from GoDaddy or for from other (laughs) places you know trying to confirm my domain and I'm like oh my gosh I closed that down two years ago but thank you Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's funny every once in a while, Megan will get an inquiry and, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to determine if it's worth it or not to, you know, work on something one-off that isn't in line with your brand anymore too. So that's interesting because, you know, we've, we've passed up some leads on that or Megan has now because it just didn't work, you know? And so you have to also recognize that if it's not going to be a, um, revenue stream that's going to be successful, it's probably not worth even the one-offs to be quite honest. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And then you're wasting more effort on something that's Mm -hmm. not going to be lasting and sustaining for the long haul. Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was one business planning for dudes. The other one was called Parties on the Porch and yet again, here we are. Um, I had a real dear friend of mine here, and she came up with the idea of having kids' birthday party decor packaged up in a box, literally, that you could deliver to someone's porch, and they would set it up. It it would have a different theme, and it was basically um, also a concept where it was a sustainable type of party decor type of setup for kids right because you just reuse decor and send it off to the next client and so the family's able to you know have something that's a sustainable type of party decor for their their family um, and again it was something that oh we had so many people say yes I am going to be your first client when you start that business and I can't wait. Um, and then what ended up happening was the same concept that what happened with planning for dudes, where we built out all the right packages. We, we bought all the right decor. We bought all the right, um, you know, the, the website content and the the imagery on the website, everything was in our perspective, what needed to happen in order to be successful. And then at the end of the day, we did several parties But what happened was people still wanted to go purchase their own decor for their kids' parties. They didn't want us to do the invitations. They didn't want us to – they just – they wanted to have so much more control than just um, us delivering a box to put on their porch with the decor. So, again, we did a handful of parties, and then we had all this inventory, (laughs) and we had to (laughs) – sell it and just chalk it up as a bad business idea and move on. And still, um, I mean, I think it was a wonderful business idea. It's just it, it it didn't take off in the right market or in the right timing. I'm not quite sure still. Um, and we did it for- It
0: might now with the quarantine. This is true. Although we'd probably have
1: to like yeah. disinfect for three hours. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. So it yeah. will cleaning time into the yeah. price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll include some toilet paper with it. Right. Oh my exactly. gosh. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's just another example of a business that, you know, I put myself out there. We put our necks on the line to say, let's try this thing. And um, like I said, it just, it didn't take off. So
0: right.
1: uh, I, yeah. Anyway.
0: So some of the things I feel like when a failure does happen, and whether it be a failure like a business failing, or maybe it was a client that maybe got upset because of something that happened, and that might feel like a failure, or mm-hmm. you hire an employee on, and it doesn't end up working out, and so you feel like that might be a failure. It doesn't necessarily have to be a big business that is a failure, but it could be something simple as totally. in a client, or it could be an employee or something to that matter, or even a product item that doesn't take mm-hmm. off like you expected it to. And right. so with that, I, I imagine for you as as myself, you feel a little bit defeated and you feel a little bit like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I feel like this should have happened. This should have worked. And, and you get down in a rut about it. Um, with mm-hmm. some of my course students in the past, I have um, taking them through an exercise of, okay, how did you feel about that? What are, what are the things that you tell yourself when these things happen? Mm-hmm. Do you tell yourself, oh man, I'm just not smart enough? Well, why do you feel mm-hmm. that way? Just because of that one instance? Or is there something that may have happened before all of this that made you feel that defeated from a failure? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes That's I good. feel like you can take. Things from your past, whether it be related to whatever you feel like the failure was, and apply them, and um, can get into a really unhealthy spot for sure.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's so true. Yeah, I love that because you're right. It's not just a business idea you could launch that's going to be a failure. There's so many things that you can feel that you even you know failed yourself uh, for doing, and I think. You know, one thing that I've learned with all of these types of examples you just mentioned is to allow yourself that space to grieve and to feel frustrated and to feel the loss. And then you have to determine that you're going to put that away and put it in a box, zip it up, (laughs) whatever you have to do. Um, But honestly, it's put your big girl pants on is what I kept telling myself and just charge ahead and... Um, You can't dwell on the mistakes that you've made in the past and you can only learn from them. And so um, I know that's cliche sometimes, but honestly, it's, um, you know, the way that I've been able to really push through a lot of really hard times, both personally and professionally.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've heard it so many times recently within the past couple of years or so that Mm -hmm. failure is your biggest data margin of okay this is what mm. happened why did mm-hmm. it happen that way what mistakes may have happened uh for that to to fail and then you hit right. those things and you decide okay next time that I decide to do this next time that I have an angry client or next time I buy something that isn't necessarily going to turn a profit right away or next time fill in the blank whatever it might be for you you know from mm-hmm. that failure, well, this didn't work in these instances. And so what am I going to do differently now to make sure it does work? And so you right. definitely take all that data and all of the knowledge of why, where, how, what happened here, and mm-hmm. I'm, you're going to determine you're not going to do those things again. And so hopefully 100%, failures yeah. help you later in life, whether it be with the same type of circumstance. Or with Mm -hmm. something down the road that you might not know is coming yet.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think um, the other piece of that that I've realized in my own life is I've now been able to help other people to push through those failures and mistakes and hardships because I've been there and I understand. And so I think it gives you a different level of compassion too at the end of the day where you can really understand what that person's going through and walk alongside them. So it's all, you know, stepping stones to get us to the next path in our careers and our businesses. Um, And it also is our way to give back once we've gone through those really hard times to know, um, you know, that we can help other people that might be struggling and um, really unsure of how to wade, you know, through the waters when they do fail.
0: Right. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. What about um, other other examples that you might have or, or maybe when you have um, failed in the past and then the next thing that you decided to do actually worked?
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually can talk about a recent example of something I wasn't sure would work. And so I was willing to put myself out there and um, I've been blown away with how successful it is. And that is a resume writing service that I started. I had a couple of friends that needed help with their resume and um, they reached out to me and said, you know, would you be able to take a look at my resume? I'm struggling with getting um, a job. And so long story short, I just decided on the side to start this, you know, business for individuals where I would review their resume and help with keywords and formatting to get it through the resume, you know, um, applicant tracking systems that a lot of companies use. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll have, you know, a couple people that are interested and this will be a way for me to um, really, you know, leverage my HR expertise and help, you know, people that are trying to get jobs. And I'm passionate about people and connecting them with their, you know, dream jobs and things like that. And so I started this a year ago, actually in May, it'll be a year, and what started as this small little concept has now flourished into something that I could never have predicted. And the reason I think it took off and that it's different is because I adapted with what people needed as the business was growing. And so what I mean by that is then people started asking me, Hey, would you actually be able to write a cover letter for me? Absolutely. Would you be able to write a LinkedIn profile for me? absolutely. So then I started recognizing what the need and the demand actually was in the market and built products and services around that. And I would be very intentional about asking the people I was working with, what do you need to be successful? What would What are your pain points with the recruiting process and how can I help fill that void? And by doing that, instead of just launching a product or a service and you know, kind of testing the market and seeing if it would work, I really took it slow and built it out for the last year. And now we've been able to hire a full-time resume writer with our team to help support me so that we can actually deliver so many more services to individuals. So I think that it's just you know patience and timing and understanding what clients need um, and finding the solution for that versus sometimes like what I had done in the past where I came up with the idea that I thought was going to be brilliant and um, my friends thought so too, mm-hmm. And launch this thing and then crickets, like I said. So um, that's an example that's been just a totally different experience of what success looks like in my mind now versus, you know, the falling on your face and and losing some potential investment and things like that.
0: A couple of things that you said in there that really stood out to me were that you decided to adapt and to ask your clients what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important instead of having this great concept and just throwing it out there and hoping it sticks sticks to the wall. Yep. You're actually adapting and you're asking your customers what exactly is it that they are looking for. I think that's incredible. And especially in, in now times. I mean, I hope that when this podcast does uh, launch into the world that maybe this coronavirus stuff will be over, but Let's pray for that. (laughs) Yeah, let's pray for that. Exactly. Goodness. If it's not, I hope that there's a lot of companies that are adapting to what the market needs and even on a normal basis. I mean, Mm -hmm. a client might ask you if you provide this service and instead of saying, nope, sure don't. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you can. Maybe it's something if you get enough asks and you get enough people wanting to do that Mm -hmm. that does becomes something that becomes another branch to your brand or mm-hmm. or something that you can that you can monopolize on for sure yeah and i think this
1: whole virus situation has really it's been devastating on so many levels but it's also been i think really enlightening for companies to see where their gaps are to see where you can tighten your systems and streamline and you know be better in the end and I think that also comes into play with your customers and the services you're offering. There might be some products that you all are um, offering in the event rental world that don't make sense anymore to offer. Um, Maybe there are certain things that are going to come out of this that are, you know, newer, innovative ideas um, to be able to offer your client. And so. Um, you know, the word pivot, I think it's thrown around a lot and, um, kind of laughed at it. it's the friends episode, right? Of, is
0: that where it is from the pivot, the pivot, or is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, my my husband told me the other day we were driving and he was like, you know, you, were, you use the word pivot a lot recently. And I'm like, well, we have to pivot. Yeah. Like we're in a place where we have yeah, to. Yeah. There's not a better word
1: for it, honestly. And so, um, I think with that in mind, you know, it's really challenging each of us individually and with our businesses to understand how to do things better and differently. And this virus is going to change things forever in a different, you know, it's not going to always stay the same, but I do think that business is going to look a little bit different than it has been in the past. And so, yeah, how do we adapt? How do we evolve
0: and um, become better through this? Favorite quotes is from a guy named John Maxwell. Are you familiar with John Mm. at all? Absolutely, yeah. So he did um, a webinar series a couple weeks ago when all of this started oh. happening. And one of his quotes that he had said in it that really has stood out, and I keep remembering it almost daily and repeating it to myself daily, is he said, crisis bumps us from comfort zone to creative zone. Mm. And now, whether it be the coronavirus crisis, or whether it be 9-11, or whether it be 2007, 2008, 2009, whatever crisis might be happening, it bumps us from this normalcy of how we do things and how we, um, approach business and approach families and approach really anything in life. Yeah. us from that comfortability in that, um, you know, this is how it's always been done. And so we're going to keep doing it that way to a Mm -hmm. place of creativity. And that includes being adaptable. And adapt to new ways of things. And so I truly hope, I know that myself, before all this happened, man, I, I worked so hard all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that this time at home reminds me that there's more to life than than just working, working, working all the time. And so yeah, I really for sure. to remember that. And like I said, I, I repeat it to myself almost every day.
1: Mm, I love that. Uh,
0: crisis bumps us from comfort zone to creative zone and again that's john maxwell if you like that quote mm. as well um. yeah
1: that's wonderful and i you know it's interesting because before the virus hit i i do think the majority of my friends who have small businesses were thriving you know it, our economy right. was pretty strong um and this totally came out of nowhere and so i think that that has been part of the hardest part of all this is just being you know um shell-shocked and uh, without any warning, have something that totally, literally, you know, sweeps un- under you and under your business. And so this is going to be a true test of patience and time uh, will tell who's able to survive and weather the storm. And, um, you know, it's it's tough. I My heart breaks for all the businesses that have lost. But I also am excited about the opportunity, um, you know, for the reasons you just talked about that. We're are really going to change us forever, and I think we'll change our families. Our kids are watching. Our, I know my my children are, and um, are learning some really important life lessons through all of this.
0: Right. And there is a rental company in Dallas, Fort Worth, um, uh-huh. Big D Party Rentals, and A M Linen yes. Rentals. Yes. Yes. Um, both are great friends of mine, and I love that they have taken. This opportunity and has seized it they both mm-hmm. are creating masks from their linens yep and selling them but also for every mask that is sold one is donated to um people in the healthcare, people on the front lines and I think that's incredible I mean I agree. it was a statement of they were in a comfort zone of doing life as normal and doing business as normal and they decided mm-hmm. You know what? There's a need in the market, and I have the resources to supply that and to fulfill that. Totally incredible. I mean, that's totally. Awesome. Yeah, I love that example
1: because I guarantee you, Pete, the owner of Big D. If we would have asked him, you know, do you yeah. anticipate ever making masks out of your facility? In Mass quantities, <laughs> you would have laughed, you know, yeah. and said, What on earth are you talking about? Yeah. But they pivoted to your point in a matter of probably, you know, a couple hours to make this yeah. thing start happening. And um, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Really true testament to being able to take whatever you have and your resources to to make it happen. And I think too, um, one thing that I thought about with that example is that took his team to to come up with risky ideas and something mm-hmm. that might be out of the box and out of the ordinary and um so I think we can all you know ask our teams and our um our front lines you know that we have on our own our, our, on our own teams what what could you do to innovate what ideas do you have um because something I learned is I don't have all the answers as a business owner I need to tap into my team members and other people that have better ideas than I do. I always want to be hiring people and looking out for people that are smarter than me that have more innovative ideas and things like that. So right um, with, with Pete's team, I know that he had, um, you know, one of his linen um, seamstresses that came up with the idea. And I think that that's just incredible.
0: Yeah, I think it's so, so incredible. And so wise to use your team i remember mm-hmm. the day after everything happened so everything happened on a thursday mm-hmm. but it really kind of started yeah. and I came to my team on friday morning um really honestly bawling my eyes out because it was mm. gosh the worst nightmare i've ever thought of yeah waking up with no events and mm-hmm. um, my team really rallied around and we said okay I know that your position is my warehouse manager, but what else you got? Like Mm. what else are you great at? What else can you think of? And uh, Kaylee, you're my marketing um, and creative director. Mm -hmm. What else you got? Like what else are you so passionate about? And then on my team named Jade, she is my account manager. And little did we know she had a love and desire to be a creative writer. And oh, I really, love that. Um, maybe we can do something with that. And so it's, it's been incredible to mm-hmm. not, not have the pressure as the CEO of my company of making sure that I have the exact perfect plan to mm-hmm. make it out alive because it <laughs> might have a great plan, but it might not be the perfect plan. And using, mm-hmm. you know, five or six brains over my one it's super yes. important, and even if you don't have a team, gosh, call your mom or dad or a great friend or maybe you have a business mentor. Mm-hmm. There's people around, and there's there's community out there that are willing to help you um, ask the hard questions and help yeah. you get to a place where where you can be adaptable. And it doesn't necessarily have to be within this crisis time. Mm-hmm. It can be in you know after a failed business or after a um, hard conversation with a client. Hey, this is what happened. How can I get out of this and know what happened and and handle the next situation with um mm-hmm. in, a, in a better way? Definitely, I love that Cami, and I think that you just
1: taught your team something so invaluable about the way that you led them through that discussion. And you know, it can go either way, right? Where you um, you decide to forge through the really hard waters and, um, come up with creative ways to lead, or you can just throw in the towel and you taught your team that you have grit and grace. And I think that's part of, um, you know, being able to sustain really tough times and to, you know, fall on your face and get back up is to, to really have that grit and, um, also just lead with grace because we are humans and we're going to make mistakes, but, um, to really allow people to um, you know walk with with grit and grace combined i think that's powerful what you just did
0: yeah right and it's hard i mean i feel like most of us who are business owners you know we do the normal business owner stuff we do payroll and we pay the bills and uh-huh. And we pick the systems or softwares and we hire on teams and we let go when it's needed and we do all the normal, you know, mumbo jumbo of mm-hmm. business ownership. But right now is really the the grit of business ownership and Absolutely. hard times. I mean, it's easy to be a business owner. And it's easy to be an entrepreneur in the easy times. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I would rather do payroll all day long <laughs> than have to do... Everything oh. we're doing right now, but I know um, I've said more than ever I feel so much more like a business owner now than I mm-hmm. did ever before um all this happened, and there's there's you know some grace in that as well. I mean we're gonna fail, and there's there's gonna be things that in this season of unknown and in the season of um, just trying to make it out alive that we're going to make some failures and we're going to make some mistakes. And you know what? We're going to learn from them. We're going to be Absolutely. better on the other side of it. We're going to be strong yeah. with companies. It's
1: the truth. And um, I think the other thing with that, Cammy, is that you're going to find if you haven't already, that you're going to have so much more compassion overall um, for everything that is difficult in life and in mm-hmm. business. And um we've all gone through this together now and I think there's something special that bonds us through that. And, um, you know, it, you're, you're going to be refined through the process. It's not going to be easy, um, but you will come out on the other side stronger and more equipped to be able to do harder things and to do, yeah. um, bigger things. And so I do, I, I agree with you hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I, um, lived in Boston for a while. And I've recently I mean, since then moved away and live in Dallas uh-huh. now. But um, I remember when the Boston bombing had happened, yeah. and it was one of the biggest things that had happened since nine eleven. And I oh, had a couple wow. of my friends that worked in downtown um, nearby, and mm. the first text I had was, of course, to them saying, "Are you okay? Please tell me you're not in downtown yeah. Boston right now." But a big thing that happens like that and it it is a crisis and unfortunately it it it's going to happen and it's happened since but what comes out of that and the mantra that comes out of that was that they mm-hmm. were Boston strong they banded together and they decided you know what this sucks and it happened but we're going to be stronger and we're going to come out of it and not let it happen again and the sense of community that comes along with that i don't live in boston anymore but oh. i totally take on the boston strong because I've learned from that example not that it was there, but yeah, the fact yeah. that they had such community mm. around a huge crisis that had happened and how, you know, some of those failed businesses that you had, Kelly, yeah. that you and Megan probably bonded together closer because of them. Because you went through something tough and you learned something through that and you decided mm-hmm. the next time that happens, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it the same way.
1: Right, right. Oh, totally, totally. And I you know, that just prompted me to think of something else too. Once you do make a mistake and you fall on your face, it could be real easy to crawl up in a ball and you, you can still get back on track and um persevere and decide not to do another risky thing, right? You can decide, hmm, that felt sucky. I'm not gonna try to um do anything that's innovative <laughs> or risky ever again in my life. You can make that decision. Um, but I do think that you'd sell yourself short if that's, you know, what someone decides to do because there's so much to learn and to, to you know pursue in your business. And so I think one thing I've learned is that just because I've made five thousand mistakes doesn't mean that I'm not okay making the five thousand one, you know, the five how do I say that? <laughs> the 5,000 first mistake. Um, I, I'm willing to take that risk again, right. because it's worth it. And I've seen the fruit that comes out of the hard work that I put into, you know, doing riskier things and putting myself out there to try new and innovative types of, you know, work. So, right.
0: Well, I think there's, if you look back at it, there's goodness that still comes out of a failure and out of, mm-hmm. out of something that didn't go as planned. Oh, gosh, it's it's so true. And I think sometimes I don't know about you,
1: but um, I forget easily about some of the good things that come out because um, you recognize the good and then you go, OK, awesome. That's a good pat on the back. I feel really great. And then, um, you know, you kind of move on to the next challenge instead of like sitting in that and celebrating and and looking at your past and saying, oh, my gosh, look at all that I've done to get to this moment and, and to celebrate this specific success. Um, I myself am really quick to move on and to, you know, just kind of give myself accolades, feel, feel proud. And then, you know, I'm, I'm just a fast mover. And I think that we need to also really take time to reflect. And now is a perfect time to do that, where we can look back on our careers and our personal lives and really be proud of all the things we've accomplished, the good and the bad, and that there is so much fruit that comes from all the mess and that, you can turn a messy situation into something that's really fruitful to your point.
0: You totally can. And celebrating the little wins too. It doesn't have to be a massive award that you win or a massive, um, you know, success. Um, Kaylee, who is on my team, she's been with me for gosh, two and a half years now. She is really great about celebrating little things. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a little, uh, webinar series that is launching next week. So by the time that this episode airs, um, it will have been done, but, um, we had one person sign up within the first, you know, 10 hours or so. Oh, that's and I was awesome. about it, I was a little bummed about it at first. I was like, why don't we have more people? Like, I don't want to do this whole thing for uh, just a long Yeah. Yeah. And he sent me this cute little, you know, gif or GIF or however yeah. you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And it was like a little dancing thing. And she was like, but we have that one. Like how special it is that that they saw that this is a good thing. I could not agree more. Yeah. "Yeah, You're totally right. Absolutely. And you forget to, you know we forget to celebrate the small wins too. Totally. I know that you're a big Rachel
1: Hollis fan. And that just reminded me of the times that she talks about, you know, being on a stage at her mops group. And that was how she started public speaking. And I always think about her as an example where she had a small group of, um, you know, moms of preschoolers that she was speaking Mm -hmm. to and practicing with. And now she's, you know, in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And so Um, It does. It just takes one, um, one person to start the flame and to start that ignition and um, it's going to take off. So yeah, I love that. Celebrate small.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, awesome. Well, Kelly, anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up?
1: You know, I would just say that um, there will be those hard seasons. It might be a day, it might be a year. And um, I think that I've had you know, moments in my life that have been really tough, and where, like I said, I've fallen on my face, and it's it's been difficult. And then there are going to be seasons that do bring so much fruit and so much um, celebration. And so, uh, to to really just strive for, uh, like you said, Cami, the small wins right now, I think is all we can do. We can't control a lot of what's going on, but we we can do is control. You know, our individual attitudes and our own businesses to some extent. Um, You know, we can help control our team's morale. And I think that that is what I would just encourage the listeners to do is really focus on what you can control internally and focus on yourself, focus on your personal care, your self care, your um, professional development right now. What better time to, you know, take a couple weeks and really just learn and soak in everything that you can and um, you leverage this time as a gift instead of seeing it as a curse.
0: I think that's incredible. It really is a gift to have this time, especially in maybe a busy time. Oh my
1: gosh, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like we all wished for this. Um, You know, we always say, if only I just had a day to just rest and, you know, be able to check out and, you know, figure out what to do and and have some time to plan on plan the business and not be in it all the time. And Here we are. So um, I I say that with with so much love and grace, because I know, like I said, it is heartbreaking and there are so many people making really, really Mm -hmm. tough decisions. Um, but I do think that if we can, you know, perceive this as a gift and, and use it for what it is, then we're all going to come out stronger in the end. And I can't wait to see what all of you listeners are going to be producing. This too shall pass. My grandma says that, and I believe it. And I've lived that out in my own life. And I will tell you, you're going to come out stronger in the end.
0: Thank you, Kelly, so much for sharing with our listeners and being open to talk about failures. I know it's so tough to talk about them. But there's so much learning that comes out of them. So thank you so much for being here. You're
1: welcome. Thank you for having me. So good to be here.
0: Yes. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Right. you just listened to a podcast episode with me and Kelly, and I hope you learned something. If you did learn something from this or something resonated well with you, will you please tag us in a social media post and mention what you took away from this so that we can build more free content just for you, and we will reshare it as well. We also, today on Wednesday, we are going to be going on our Instagram at beautifulvetrenals.com 10am to recap a little bit more of this episode and just go live with you guys. And so please join us on there every Wednesday at 10am following this episode that comes out at 8am. We will be meeting you there. So I hope you join us for that. If you have not subscribed yet to this podcast, please subscribe so that you will get the notification that a new episode is dropping and leave us a review. We would love for you to share a review so that the Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast know that you like it and will support us uh, making more content for you. So I'm so excited to see you next week right here again listening to our podcast. We will be having Nate Nelson on to talk to us about networking and all that that entails. So please join us for that. He is a great friend of mine and a um, professional here in the DFW Metroplex, but he is also a national speaker. And so I think you'll really enjoy that episode. So join us next week here on Wednesday at 8am and on our Facebook and Instagram live at 10am. All right, have a great week and we'll see you next week.